We here at the Canadian Pyrocast love everyone and everything on Earth. But we also believe that everyone and everything should be mocked, lampooned, satired, parodied, and poked on at, because that's a quality. This program is not for children or the easily offended. We trust your judgment. Our backs are sore from sailing all day. So yeah, um, I had a question is, uh, for what you were just talking about, man, is uh, Community after, so I've only seen up to season four, which I think is mostly universally agreed upon that season four wasn't great, because they fired Dan, yeah. Martin, Dan Harmon for so, but he came back for five and six, right? Oh, yeah. How were they? Five and six were okay. Like, um, we we do lose Pierce because of the onset issues with Chevy Chase. Um, but, like, they send him off really well. Like, his will reading, you know, it's not often... That, that you can say that one of the greatest moments in TV was a bunch of people being handed frozen sperm. But, like, that show makes you say it. <laughs> wow. That's uh, that's pretty great. Like, I actually want to see it now just because of that one line that you just told me. Yeah, like, that's Pierce's whole write-off is they do a will reading for him and everybody gets a canister of his sperm. What the fuck? <laughs> and that, that almost sounds like what you do to spite somebody. You're like, you're going to quit the show? Well, okay, here's how you died. That's like <laughs> writing a character dying, die off screen with like, turns out they're playing the choking game and they had to thump, their thumb up their butt. Well, it starts out with him, like, because he always makes the joke about Britta obviously being a lesbian, even though we see her date numerous guys throughout the show right and so it starts out when he reads her or when the lawyer reads what he's being or what she's being bequeathed i mean um that's when it's like yeah so here's the ipod nano with a bunch of songs that'll make that always made me think of you and in case the whole lesbian thing doesn't work out here's a jar of my frozen sperm and it's like, it, it seems like it's going to be a one-off gag, but then everybody gets one. <laughs> oh my God. I, wait, even the guys? Yeah, like, uh, he asks Jeff, Jeff, did you know you were gay? And Jeff's like, no. He goes, okay, well, agree to disagree. Here's a bottle of uh, some fine 40-year-old scotch to try and help you not drink this bottle of also fine sperm. <laughs> uh, that's perfect. Uh, okay, never mind. That's I was wondering like the justification for it, but that's kind of it's very intriguing now. I like and honestly, and I want to say too, I don't mean like I don't mean any ill will to be shit talking Chevy Chase. It was just that in interviews with the cast, it seemed like. Chevy Chase wasn't really happy to be there. Uh, Joel McHale said, uh, not trying to put words in his mouth, he said this in an interview or as like a podcast. I think it might have been Steve-O's podcast, actually. Uh, but he was saying that uh, Chevy Chase, like, 
Not inside of you. Isn't that Michael Rosenbaum? Yeah. No, it's Steve-O's Wild Ride. He does, he does it in a van. That's that's the detail I remember about it. I, I'm not, I wasn't, I'm not really a Jackass fan, but sorry. My whole point, though, was that he said that Chevy Chase was kind of like, he was never really happy to be there and just kind of like a shitty team player. And then it was, and it was almost like he, maybe he thought that it was beneath him because he was like, he was in so many movies and he was the king of Saturday Night Live. And like, he was, he was a big, Chevy Chase is like an American, he's an American treasure, right? And now he's doing a TV show full time yeah. and like as an old man too. Uh, but then Joel McHale's comeback to that was like, well, kind of like, fuck you, man. I'm missing time with my kids and I'm taking this job seriously. So, uh, but yeah, it was like, yeah. again, Chevy Chase, great guy. But he just, I don't think he was super happy doing TV as uh, it's what it seems like. Yeah. Well, like, he, he justified why he wasn't so happy. He said, you know, like the first two seasons, Pierce went from being like the, the very toxic friend who was kind of a comic relief. Like there were more than often episodes where it was like, Hey, I can do something that I can't actually do. You know, like I can write the Greendale theme song. I can hypnotize Britta, you know? Mm -hmm. Uh, But then (laughs) he redeems himself in the episode where he's like, I can help you. uh, I can help you get over your fear of public talking, Shirley. And he does. Right. And then season two, he becomes more of like the toxic friend villain in the group. But then season three, he's just outright racist, homophobic. And Chevy Chase said, you know, like, that's not who I am. And for the comedy to be nothing but that, it took the love of the character right out of it. And if he tried to talk to Dan Harmon about it, he said, Dan Harmon, you know, like that was, you know, it's, it's, common knowledge that that was like right in the middle of his alcoholism uh alcoholism um but like he said you know like he was a nightmare to talk to about evolving pierce because he had a vision for pierce and that was it Hmm. yeah no no definitely man uh that's it's good to know that because like at the same time too, I don't want to be defending Dan Harmon because he like, he also like he has his issues. Right. So I'm sure he is not easy to work with as well. Yeah. But that's interesting. And yeah, I think that's a really fair point for the character. Cause yeah, like it feels like they really, it does feel like it gets maybe not flanderized. Cause like, I don't know. It's kind of weird. So season three starts off in the very first episode with Joel McHale, not trusting Pierce and the whole moral of the episode is this. He has to give Pierce a second chance. But then you're right, where he's like, he's not really being a villain. Yeah. But he kind of goes like racist old man flanderization of a character, almost. Anyway, though, no. So it was my favorite, one of my favorite moments. It was like a flashback where Pierce, they're like, Pierce, you can't have all those vaccines. Those have to go to everybody. I'm going to be an immortal god. <laughs> he's like yeah. five of them. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like that shit was funny still yeah, but like, uh, you're right i don't remember if that was season two or three i just remember those are my favorite yeah that was uh the state clip show in season two where it was a bunch of bullshit clips of stuff that never actually happened bottle episode oh the bottle episode 
No, I'm asking because uh, he he probably knows more than me, but that was the one where Abba and Joe kept joking, saying it's a bottle episode where they don't leave the room and they just have flashbacks to random set pieces. Yeah, it was because uh, Annie... or no, They don't have any flashbacks in that one because the whole point of the bottle episode is it only takes place in the one setting. And it, everything that happens... Like he said, all the drama, all the emotion is contrived and forced. Oh, you're right. Oh my god, I just remembered it. Okay, no, so that was after the bottle episode, but they find the purple pen in that, and that's when they realize the monkey was taking everything, and that's why they have all the flashbacks, is because they're finding all the shit the monkey stole. You're completely right, but I was like, so my memory's yeah. crossed, because the episode's connected. Yeah, because the episode with the bottle episode starts with the monkey stealing the pen. Either way, sorry, anyway, Community is a good show. Gummy Bear signaling to me to be, hello everybody, this is not a review of the show Community. Yeah. This is Canadian Pirate Cast, late train game reviews. Sorry about that. <laughs> like we're getting out ten minutes, so I think it's time to actually introduce the show. All right. So there. No, no that's, that's that's just how it is. That's. Have, but then at some point I have to cut it off, so don't don't feel bad at all. Um, Gummy Bear's the umpire of this yeah. of this whole podcast scenario. That's to be being the quartermaster of this whole <laughs> shtick. Sorry, one second here. I'm just it's a fun episode, so we can do whatever we want. She is the umpire. I'm your host, Captain Beckham Kid. Sitting He's gonna die of black lung. And we are joined We're joined by a very special guest <laughs> Streamer Pestilence. Hello. Did I fuck that up? I d I don't know. Is that is that how you want to be interested? <laughs> no, I'm fine with that. I'm fine with that. <laughs> We're very planned it's it's high energy but not so high energy that people have to wonder what sort of what sort of sorry so this is a this is actually interesting because we so funny thing about the whole thing of this episode because we've pl we been planning this for months but the we were planning this cap collaboration before we even uh knew what games we were going to play and then we ended up landing on something that we uh well yes we everyone except for gummy bear cares about Talking, of course, about Dragon Ball Z video games. Oh, I like Dragon Ball Z. I just, I don't really like fighting games. Yeah, yeah. But I think I can contribute to the conversation, all right? Thanks. You you definitely can. Games too! We, okay. I'm Hasht just coming there. Hashtag Lady Boss from the most progressive podcast ever because we, we have a gamer girl on our podcast. <laughs> I'm sure if Death Note ever came out with a fucking game, Gummy Bear would be all over it. Holy shit! <laughs> oh my god, that would be so much fun. Can you imagine? Okay, so you you okay, so you get the Death Note, and then you basically have to be like so sneaky about it, so that, like people can't find you out, or like then you end up getting discovered by L, and that's one of the, like 
phone. I was like, Da-da, you've been discovered by L. And then if you get to that point in the game, you have to like outwit L. <laughs> Can you have a special you move? You still have to use the death note? Like, oh man. Can you have a special move where you eat a potato chip? And then you have your special meter saved up. And when you do, you eat that chip. <laughs> oh, Jesus. Knowing PlayStation was a death metal game, it would be based off the Netflix series. Oh, with Willem Dafoe! Yeah. Okay, we can't talk about that because I'm going to start yelling. So the games we're talking about are uh, Dragon Ball Z Xenoverse 2 and uh, Dragon Ball Z Fighters. Sorry, before Gummy Bear goes Super Saiyan and destroys this whole studio. (laughs) I can feel the rage. Nerd rage. All right, let's talk about Dragon Ball. All right. <laughs> so these, uh, so these games are funny, interesting for me because I, so I played a shit ton of the Dragon Ball Z fighting games when I was in high school. Budokai or Budokai Two or yeah, Budokai Two was like the big one I played a crap ton of. Yep. Uh, but then I did play the first one, and then Tenkai Budokai when it came out, which was the series' attempt to go to 3D fighting. And so then I kind of had a whole lull in between, like, my 20s. So coming back to them now, like, decades after I've played any of them, it's interesting in how the series has evolved. Oh, yeah. For me. And these are these are not new games. Like, I think, of the, I think they're, they're both a couple years old, at the very least, but very... Um, uh, Xenoverse came out in 2017, I believe. Right. And so, yeah, the very, and it's, again, they're very, uh, for me, they're kind of, it's interesting because it got me back into it. Not to the point where, like, I'll play the series regularly, but I would, I'm just interested in how it evolves. Because, like, honestly, I liked Fighters more than Xenoverse, but I didn't dislike Xenoverse. It was just because I was also impressed with how it's evolved from like the original uh where the original idea of it was which is like that first Budokai Tenkai where they try to have a shit ton of characters and free open flying fights. Hey, you can fight giant lord slug. Is that in the raid battle? Um no 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 uh uh Budokai Tenkaichi the big selling point was uh you could fight like uh giant form lord slug or you could fight uh great apes for the first time. And it was like, holy, holy shit, you know, like this, this takes up the majority of my screen. This is kind of intimidating. That's kind of cool. Cause I was going into that in Xenoverse, maybe we'll like, so we'll touch on this in a second here, but the, the great ape fights I thought was one of the coolest things in Xenoverse. And I think it's also going to get underutilized too, but it's, it was really cool. Yeah. I thought, I thought it was a pretty cool setup that they had for it. Yeah, so what? Um, so let's start off with the kind of the basics of Xenoverse Two for anybody that doesn't really know anything about these games. Oh shit, my notes are mm-hmm. backwards. Fuck me. Sorry, one second here. Ah, here we are. All right, so starting off, Dragon Ball Xenoverse Two. So it came out in two thousand sixteen. It was developed by Dimps and Qualk. What? <laughs> I don't know. Those are the developers. Dimps and Qualic. Amazing. You mean Q-L-O-C. Yeah, Qualic. Yeah. 
<laughs> so <laughs> the universe two starts off in an interesting way where so you're given this opening cinematic that's like full anime and fully voice acted and about the introduction about the time police or time patrol what are they called again yeah time patrollers yes and i time patrol go, go. <laughs> well and i do love that like i, I, I thought i'm just I just want to. I just want to die right now for having thought of that and Don't. saying it out loud. No, I pre- I appreciate it. That's the flavor. That's the kind of flavor commentary we need on the show, Gummy Bear. That way, it's not so serious when we talk about muscly men fighting fate of the earth. But the universe starts off with um, time cops moving around, being like, "Hey, so we have a whole thing now of people of uh, fighters of different races, and their whole purpose is to." Stop people from fucking with time because after Trunks did it, it fucked a bunch of shit up. So now we can't do it anymore. <laughs> yeah. Which I think is fucking hilarious as a premise. I have to say, like, I off the bat, I was like, that's actually fucking hilarious. And I kind of like that because it's it gives some plausibility to reliving the same Dragon Ball Z fights we've been living for the or we, we've been refighting through for the last 30 years. Yeah. But the. Uh, and this kind of head or headed off by the Supreme Kai of Time, which is a new character through these video games. I'm not sure if there's ever been a screen time in any of the anime, which I'm, I haven't seen any of the new shit. Um, the Dragon Ball Super, uh, uh, or the uh, the one in Japan that ties into the uh, uh, DS video game with, with uh, Dragon Ball there. Um, that that's where they introduced like the idea of Mira and Toa and the Supreme Kai of Time and all that. I can't remember what those games are. I never played them. They're, they're mostly available in Japan. Hmm. <laughs> okay. That's okay. So I'm interested. In... There are many. Oh God! There's like well, no, there's I think there's more Dragon Ball Z games than there are years in my life, actually. <laughs> Yeah, I think it's like Dragon Ball Heroes or some some shit. Uh, oh, there's like Legacy of Goku. They had that was the first 3D fighting as Goku in like a 3D beat 'em up style. But then they have that new Goku or Kakarot, Dragon Ball Kakarot, which is that RPG Goku one. Yeah, so many goddamn Dragon Ball games. Most of them fighters. Oh my god, I played a Dragon Ball Adventure game on my Game Boy Advance, which is actually that was like wow. That, yeah, it's, uh, it's called Super Dragon Ball Heroes. That's the game I was thinking of. Hmm, okay. And, like, that really explodes. Sorry. Yeah, you you, sorry, yeah, Mark and Pestilence, you cut out there for a second. You said, we heard that explains. Oh, yeah. Um, they basically go in and explain, like, time travel and the multiverse and everything. Uh, it's loosely loosely tied into the canon like it's not actual canon just like this game isn't actual canon but it ties into the universe that this game has created Mm -hmm. where like we see like a super saiyan 3 broly and all that i gotcha well, and that's kind of one of the cool things you can do with a concept like this, which is kind of weird. And I think that's maybe one of my nitpicks of the games. I feel like they didn't do enough crazy shit like that, because that's exactly what you should do in like a Dragon Ball Z multiverse game or yeah. multiple timeline game. 
But starting with the game even opening up, though, so as a very generous character creator where you can become, you can make a human, Saiyan, Piccolo, or sorry, Namekian, or Boo style character, or Frieza Race, sorry, and which is just called Frieza Race, which is hilarious because they don't have a name. It's called (laughs) Frieza Race. But they all have different stats and different, they, they all have the different stats and the and i think so i thought was interesting but it was just kind of it's really cool color palette is really fucking huge which i appreciate so i can make them like exact color i wanted so i made my character a purple majin boo character who i called dr who spelled with two u's (laughs) (laughs) so i went on my adventure as dr who and when you put it through, when you're first thrown into this game, like you, everything's a hub area. There's no real like main menu for like selecting, oh, fighting mode or do this. Like your your main menu is a hub world, and it's it's pretty it's weird because it's pretty big. Yeah. And there's like I found like especially the beginning parts of the game, like fuck. No, I can't believe. Sorry, I can't believe I dropped something before gummy bear. Actually, I just like I fucked everything oh. up. Actually, because that's always usually her thing. Jeez. Sorry, but the so yeah, the main the the main area is fucking huge, and I actually got lost there regularly, uh, kind of going going around to navigate it. And it's funny though, because like the majority of my time, because there's all these there's so many different modes and missions and side things to do, but I mostly just ended up doing like the parallel quests, which are just for grinding out levels to get progress through the story. So as you go through the story on your time adventure, playing through the Dragon Ball Z timeline. You your character levels up, and then you and you at a certain point you start getting your ass kicked. So you got to go grind out missions to level up your character, and then progress through the story. Uh, I want to give a interesting thing for the hub music though, and I want your actually I'm curious on your um, take on this pestilence because I thought the in game hub music was very Dragon Ball, but it also got annoying because it was just always the same, and it got very <laughs> like. Yeah. Like I was in an insane yeah. asylum, rocking back and forth in the corner, and I'm not sure if you had a similar experience. <laughs> I I got to a point where I would sit there and like me and my buddies would be in a party getting ready to do a quest, and we'd be picking our characters, and I'd sit there doing the <laughs> and, and my buddy would end up chiming in right away and just being like i turn off fucking music in this game for a reason shut up <laughs> i'd be like i sing this song when you're on party chat with us for a reason you shut up <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah no it's it's annoying <laughs> well as a bit of a thick criticism for that though is there is a there is a like a jukebox thing to change the music in the game but it goes it defaults every single time yeah. so it's, it's, it just gets very annoying yeah it's like hey look at that i'm not sure if it's completely the game's fault but i always hate well sorry i was gonna say like i don't i don't always think it's i don't i'm not sure if this is completely the game's fault but i always also hate in these games where they always have to do like the censored version of dragon ball z like piccolo can't lose an arm even though regeneration is like his yeah. species whole thing mm-hmm. uh or like you know when goku gets hit with that blast and raditz and there's like no hole in their chest it's like how yeah. do you die like did the beam just go through you and pierce like, your soul i don't i don't think we even get use the slice himself in half I don't think we get to see that moment either. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, and Man. it's it's kind of I don't know. It's very I was never I was never a fan of censoring Dragon Ball because it's supposed to be like brutal fights. And yeah, maybe you have to have like a little bit. Like you can't have as much blood and gore. But like, come on, man, Piccolo can grow back an arm. Yeah. Like eh, this game isn't rated E. Yo, I, I was it bloody? No, it's not. Like not remotely. There's. Uh, like I watched it when I was a kid, but I, like I can't remember. Was it bloody? It, I just don't remember. Well, yeah. Dragon Ball. So the anime. I don't remember it being bloody. The, the anime isn't really. The anime isn't really, but the manga is. Yeah. I I said it in the show. It's kind of bloody. Like you see them get wounds and they bleed a little bit and they get scuffed up, but like you see like blast go through Goku's chest in the first arc. You. See Piccolo get his yeah, yeah. arm cut off and he regenerates it. Like you see, Frieza get sliced in half by his own destructo disc. But it's not like blood. Yeah, it's not like splash, splash, splash. Quentin Tarantino clearly directed this episode. Well, speaking, I think I know why nobody got hurt in this in this game, though, because the graphics look like rubber was shell with cell shading. So that's why nobody's hurt because everyone's yeah. made of plastic. But I do like the look of it, though. Like uh, as a detail, though, especially you get you get certain uh, ultimate abilities, like when you unlock being able to do dual ultimates. So, like you'll have an ultimate attack that one of the members of your team can jump in and assist with. LA, it looks pretty cool. Like, you know, two of you lining up for Super Kamehameha side by side. <laughs> well, I wanted to agree with you with that because I actually did like that eventually playing through the game. You unlock like a super mega move, and like with the boo, you basically turn yeah. into kid boo for a little bit and become like OP. I thought that was cool. Like, that was a cool mechanic in the game that I enjoyed. Yeah. Remix has one, unlike the original. Mm hmm. Well, and actually going back to that, though, touching on that, I like that in this game you can... I didn't play Xenoverse 1, but if you did, you can import your created character from the previous game to be, like, the hero that eventually you fight because the story beats spoilers, because of course you do. But it's... I, I did like that as, like, a game mechanic, because I always I always like that kind of connectivity in games. I, I just like those little details. Yeah, I, I liked it. Like, uh, it, it also gave you the benefit of, like, if... Say, like, because my character, he had uh, the Super Spirit Bomb and the Super Kamehameha as his uh, ultimate attacks in uh, Xenoverse 1. So when I ported him over, those moves were already unlocked for me. Like, I didn't have to wait until I unlocked every one of the PQs to finally get the Super Spirit Bomb in one. Uh, and so, like... I've, I kind of got, like, a little bit of a kickstart in the game because of that. Like, especially being a Saiyan, I unlocked, because uh, you can unlock these uh, accessories that uh, boost certain stats or give you certain abilities. And uh, the one ability I had was that as a Super Saiyan, if I launch, if I launch the Super Spirit Bomb, they can't they can't break me at all. Like they can't swoop in and stop me from launching it. They can damage me, but they can't stop me from launching it. So like 
it, it kind of helped out in the early stages of the game, fighting off against a bunch of uh, great apes, and here I am just launching spirit bombs at them like it's nothing. <laughs> I well, speaking of that, like I thought that the I really. I thought I let, one of my favorite details was that to, you learn you can learn all the different super moves of the characters by going around. You do a tutorial with like that character, yeah. and I thought that was just like a fun little detail to interact with like all the characters you meet as you progress progress for the game. And uh, but like going touching on like uh, details like I hate here is the lip syncing is like super bad for the English, and I, I think it's because this game is like Englishly dubbed, but it's very poorly Englishly dubbed, and like I fucking hate Trunks's voice yeah. actor. Like, I don't know why he sounds like this. Like, what the fuck? How is this a voice? <laughs> How do I get paid to talk like this? Ah, punks. <laughs> it was, I, it was grating. Again, it was like, and I know, I know that it's just English dub. Fuck. I can't believe you took that Sorry, it just sounded like, I just think I heard... I, I don't want to tell you what I thought sounded like. I thought that heard it sounded like. But well, I, I, I joked when the game came out with one of my friends. We were playing it, and I was like, why is it that like, every time Trunks is in pain in this game, it sounds like he's having an orgasm? Like He's always like, ugh! <laughs> <laughs> like, whereas, like, you know, Sean Shemmel, Chris yeah, Sabat, they're on point, you know, like, you get, like, the, ah, from them, right? Whereas Trunks, no, like, just, ah, ah. Like, what the fuck, dude? You're enjoying this fight a little bit more than anyone else here. <laughs> You're, sorry, I'm just kind of being a pause here. Uh, Gummy Bear really wants to go smoke some tobacco. <laughs> all right let's uh, let's take a let's take a oh, good old-fashioned canadian smoke break and then we'll go on yeah to, I'm, just, we'll, I'm just gonna press pause on the recording no right go now. on to gameplay so number two starting again goes thank you number two <laughs> or is it number one shit i'm number one number one make gummy it so president all right gummy bear for president don't forget to vote, Pestilence. Don't forget to vote. <laughs> so, gameplay for... Yes, for Gummy Bear for President, if it comes up. President of Canada. President of Canada, obviously. Uh, obviously-ish. She's obviously, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so... Game so gameplay of... Uh, yeah, sorry, it's on, it's ongoing uh, camp, political campaign for Gummy Bear. It started last election season, and we we won't stop until it's uh, we've made it. So, gummy bear for president, yes. Canada twenty twenty four. I think it'll be longer than that, but who knows? Anyway, back to the game that we were talking about just a second. So, ago. gameplay: Dragon Ball Xenoverse yeah. two, <laughs> spelled with an X, not Z. Just to clarify for those just listening, Dragon Ball X Xenoverse. So yes. <laughs> Sheenoverse. Sheenoverse. Uh, all feminist remake. So. <laughs> the so the gameplay of Xenoverse is as you progress through the story. 
play through the history of Dragon Ball that everyone's played for the last 30 years in every game with the twist of you grind out quests of alternate things happening in time and or to earn and level up your creative character. Here's the thing with the fighting in this game, though. It's like very repetitive. It's like weird. It's like it can be strategic, but not in a different way, though. Like in or most fighter games, you're focused on focusing on your button combinations and like are trying to get into a combo or block and dodge and shit like that. These games are more like you're in an open area. You can fly around. You can throw shit at people. If you're too far away, you can't see somebody. So you have to use a scouter to find them, which is something I liked more than I thought I would because I was like, oh, it's kind of fun. Yeah. But then there's uh there's there's kind of a blocking, but there's also like a teleporting behind people and timing them out with like you have your different you have your flying fast and teleportation stamina meter, but then your energy meter that you're balancing with that too. As always in these area fighting games, I think the uh energy attacks are kind of OP and you can like spam them to take down shit easily. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's a bit overpowered, especially like um with the qq bang accessories that you can put on that i mentioned earlier those like they boost up the power of certain ones and you'll find like playing online with people like there's there's people who are like oh the super kamehameha has like three times damage boost it's like yeah no just gonna spam the shit out of that on you now yeah and there's and it's interesting because all the different beams you unlock too, they do have different like strategic, there is a good different strategy to them too. Like you have a short range energy blast that does a shit ton of knockbacks. So you can fuck up somebody's charging energy attack. Yeah. Or you have your more long range ones, but they take longer to charge up. So like it, take, it makes you more vulnerable. So there's like, it's weird because there's like a more tactical fighting strategy in this game as opposed to just button combos, which I thought was interesting. But then, I guess my criticism for that is that when you're doing these fightings, you're because you have to punch things to like get your energy up and do almost the majority of your damage. That just becomes a lot samey. Like even playing in multiplayer with different characters, a lot of it felt a lot of the same. And I think this is like an issue of almost like again having too yeah. big of a character roster. And I guess like. There's a fuck ton of characters, and a lot of them are really good, because I think my favorite thing about the game, and we'll talk about more on this when we get to the story, but, like, they focus on movie villains, which I loved, because it's, like, not your typical Frieza, Cell, all your mainstay villain sagas. Like, it's actually the movie villains that you don't see as much, so it's, like, that was really fun. I love love that, and I like fighting all, like, having all them in there. Yeah. But then, like, for some reason, there's five of Frieza's men. Like, whoever is going to compete, like, yes, I'm going to play as one of Frieza's men that dies in two panels of comic book. <laughs> uh, yeah. Typically, the cat agrees with me. Yeah, I, I always thought that it was really weird. Like, why include the Cybermen and Apul for some reason? Like, that's just... It's weird. <laughs> Hmm. Well, it's. I think it's just basically because, like, there is a, there is some difference between the fighters. Like, so obviously, like the Majens, they do more swinging around and kind of wider attacks. Where like the Piccolo, or sorry, uh, Namikians do like the arm extend. So like, there's a difference in the combos between yeah. the races. But 
among like all the main characters, a lot of them don't feel significantly different. Like obviously like Goku feels different than playing as a Cyberman. But obviously like all five of Frieza's men take up like sorry, getting some <laughs> weird loop there. But they take up a lot of space. And there's uh there's even a lot of characters that like again you have to grind a shit ton to get through all the end game missions to eventually yeah. unlock. So was, uh, again, again, I think this game could have really benefited from just cutting down their character roster and making the other the characters they do focus on more diverse and like feel different. But that being said, and maybe in this where so going into your own character, you can customize the shit out of your own character, and that's really cool. You try, like customize different energy attacks and gear, like you were talking about. So it's kind of weird in a game where like you don't want to play as your favorite characters from Dragon Ball Z but your own created character ends up being the more most interesting thing because you can kind of, you can't it changing up how they fight does feel different. Yeah. Yeah. Like I, I enjoy playing as my own character in it. Cause it's like every, everyone always thought about like, Oh man, if I were saying, if I were an Namekian and now like you can make that happen. Right. And it, it just, it feels cooler in my opinion because like you're you're invested in like you're saying you want to be as powerful as goku right so like it it brings in like the the fanboy and the weeb aspects of it where like you want to be that character but at the same time now that you're your own character you want to be better than that character no, dude, I agree with you 100%, because the cool thing with the game is, you're right, like, I think, okay, it reminds me of playing back, like, on the playground when you're a kid, like, I'm a Namekian, and I'm this, right, and you do your own battles, and yeah, they, like, the character creation is the coolest, is the best part about this game, and yeah, just being able to, like, play that out and make it as powerful as you want, and focus on the stat areas that you want, because the stats also, like, that also is a, like, that, that doesn't, that bugs for me, it work doesn't it bugs out a bit of the multiplayer because then it kind of becomes like it feel like when you're playing a multiplayer match. I'm a firm believer that characters should be equalized and it should be about like skill and stuff like that. In this game, because of the character stats, doesn't really do that. But in the story mode, it's I love it because you get to choose how your character grows out. Do you want to have a? Do you want to be a damage sponge? Do you want to have a lot more stamina so you can teleport more? the again it comes down to the character customization which is fucking it starts off really great just with creating the aesthetic of your character but then how your character plays is so expanded on mind you it's like limited within a race because like the different races can do different things and even some of the quests that you do within the hub area only your race can go farther on some of these quests but that feels good too because then it feels like there's a bit of role playing too you're you're role playing your thing so i want to play as a boo so i can't do a bunch of namikian quests and that's so it feels like i like that kind of commitment so it's it's almost like role-playing a dragon ball z thing yeah like it it gives you that uh that feeling of like you know it, it it's more involved i guess than other games would be where it's like oh no you just have to reach a certain level it's like no like you wouldn't see boo doing this so you're not going to do this <laughs> it just makes sense 
Yeah, and like on top of that too, going sorry, just quickly talking about like all the quests you end up doing because you end up grinding, like you do end up grinding out a bunch of them to level up. But there are the quests are different. Like you have your most effective ones. Obviously, you have your go punch things quest until they pass yeah. out. But there's also like protect things, make sure that your certain allies. There's bonus objectives, and you unlock extra super moves by completing them. Like do this mission without Android sixteen dying or whatever. Uh, you there's ones where it's like you find the Dragon Balls just and try not to die from all these things. Which so like there's there is like a little yeah. bit of diversity in these missions, which is kudos. And again, the game feels like when you're doing these fights, it feels like like okay, so the I guess maybe the the back and forth, the 2D fighting games are for, in my opinion, just like an effectiveness or for a style of gameplay. Whereas like, yeah, an actual Dragon Ball fight, they'd be flying around, there'd be some kind of like hiding behind rocks and trying to be a dickbag and throw sand in the eyes. Whereas this game is has that, right? Like you're pounding, you're wailing on an enemy, comboing and trying to like launch a super move. And then you get taken from the side from some fucking twat. Mm-hmm. And it's annoying and frustrating, but it's a Dragon in, in a Dragon Ball Z fight that would happen so it's like it's it's immersive in that way too and again it controls way better than budokai tenkai like that's the thing i want to say the most is that like that game sucked so much like it also it also had twice as many characters that felt even more samey uh to be fair because they had like four different variants like you could play as goku super saiyan goku super saiyan 2 goku super saiyan 3 goku super saiyan 4 goku Yeah, I saw that. I remember seeing that. And that was in like the that was the PlayStation Two one originally way back when. So again, kudos to this one where it cut the character roster back a bit, but still, there's no reason for a Pooh or whatever his fucking name was to be on the goddamn <laughs> team. Or what was it? Apollo? Apollo? Which one? Pestilent? No, Majin Pestilent. You referred to him earlier. You called it. It was like Apollo. Poncho. Um. It was one of Frieza's lackeys that dies immediately. Oh, Apul. Yeah. Because uh, Frieza's lackeys were all named after fruits. Apul. Okay. <laughs> oh my god, I didn't know that. See, Because no, I didn't want to say Apul and sound racist, because I'm like, I don't think it was a poo. It was like a pool. So it's a pool. That's why. I'm, I'm only... Yeah, yeah. There we go. Um, oh yeah, and like, sorry, going back to the um, fucking fights, though. Do you know the naming schemes? I think I've heard of them before, but I smoke a lot of weed, so my memory fries yeah, here and the there. Vegetables. Yeah, Saiyans are all vegetables. Wait, isn't Kakarot a carrot? Isn't that the whole thing? Yeah, Vegeta is just like vegetable. Literally, just means vegetable. Yeah, Kakarot is a carrot, Vegeta is vegetable. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. Wait, he has. I say Vegeta because he has his he has a brother that we've only met in one like comeback video that Akira Toriyama did, and his name is Tarble. So combined, they're vegetable. <laughs> I forgot Raditz. I love it. Raditz yeah. is a radish. Isn't yeah? What like Goku is something too? Like, isn't it so? Nappa is a Nappa cabbage. <laughs> oh my god! This is oh my god! Wait, what's Bardock? Uh, I think he's supposed to be Broly. Broly is supposed to be Broccoli. I know that. Oh, I don't. I don't know what Bardock is supposed. To be. Yamcha's a yam. <laughs> oh my god! This is a can of worms. Like Frieza's like lineage are all named type. 
Like, you have Frieza, which is Freezer. King Cold, which was a very popular brand of, uh, of Freezers. And then you had his brother, Cooler. Yeah. Cooler. <laughs> I remember when I was a kid, we would always make jokes about Frieza, like... Dude, it's that no, don't worry about it. It's happened to us too, where we've had to like we've actually had to pause for like five minutes <laughs> while something burns down in the background. <laughs> but I guess I gotta be more careful where I throw my joint. <laughs> anyway, joking, joking. Yeah, but we would have jokes about uh Frieza that go to the Frieza because we would watch we were watching that that era of Drake Mulsey when it came out. Oh my god, lunch <laughs> is lunch. But we didn't know that back then, so uh, you were actually super right. Gummy Bear, you don't get it. There's a character named Lunch. I didn't know that. Yes, in Dragon Ball, and she's like a little bit in Dragon Ball Z, but very rarely. But she's actually How her name is awesome actually Lunch. Lunch, the girl who every time she sneezes, she turns into another personality. Yeah. So yeah. So her. Yeah. So they actually always pronounce it like Launch, but it's spelled Lunch in the actual manga. But yeah, so her whole gimmick in the Dragon Ball is that she'll sneeze and she goes from like being a very sweet and nice girl to having a very violent criminal personality that like immediately tries to rob everybody. Holy shit. Yeah, like she immediately like she pulls guns out of nowhere all the time whenever she personality swaps. Like it's an ongoing joke in the original story, which is fucking hilarious. But then she's just relegated to the background once everyone's once a bunch of like half oiled up men are fighting above <sighs> Earth with beams that could cut the Earth in half. The perspective changes a bit. You don't focus as much on the funny split personality thing. Yeah, it's like, okay, this is a bit too fucking There's a god that could kill us with a sneeze. Does anything matter anymore? <laughs> and this Goku guy, like, he's so hungry all the time. What if he just, like, eats everybody one day? <laughs> like, Goku impossible. is locusts. Goku is locusts incarnate. <laughs> Uh, sorry, one last thing to touch on the gameplay before we move on to the general story, but I just want to say, like, those, I love the grade 8 battles, but I thought it was underutilized in the game, because, like, you just do a couple of them in the story, and there's, they're never in the parallel quests, or none of the ones I saw anyway, like, it was kind of like, and they were so fucking cool, and then you told me about, like, the fight, a big-ass fight with Lord Slug. Yeah, you, you unlock a few of them where you fight, uh, great apes in the parallel quests and the, uh, extra missions. Uh, extra missions are, like, uh, six player ones where mm. you can't use any health items or anything like that so um like you right. do that okay and that one i find really fun because like you'll be fighting like a great ape or kid boo and all of a sudden the screen will change and now you're in a cutscene where they're charging up a massive key blast they launch it down at you and you have to do this whole team thing where like one or two of you have to be at the at this key blast trying to push it back while the other ones are all launching key waves at it trying to bl- blast it back and like it becomes like this big beam struggle with this with this thing whereas like other people have abilities where like they'll slap you into an alternate dimension where you're fighting yourself all the while on the outside you're fighting your friends <laughs> Yeah, that's definitely one thing to say about this game is there's no shortage of content. There's a shit ton of stuff that happens to do. Yeah, like they definitely found ways to keep it fresh. <laughs> Cause like it came out in twenty sixteen and the last DLC released last year. 
and like there's still talks of us getting more dlc all the way through to the end of 2023 jesus like they're doing everything they can to keep it alive well it definitely has a community though because like there was no issue like when i did play online there was no shortage of there was no shortage of people like playing like it was and that's kind of cool to see so many years later because it's yeah Oh my god, it's 2022. That game is almost eight years old. Jesus Christ. Yeah. Sorry, I just had a, I just wanted to do time warp. Just going from there, though, actually, in the story about this game, though. So, what do you think about it? Because I kind of have like a couple weird things about it. Like, I like the idea, like the whole, like, people going around fucking through time, try to stop them. You have these new villains. I, I don't know if Toa was like the villain in the first game. But I gotta say, she's her underboob is very distracting. She's got some advanced <laughs> she's got some advanced warfare going on there. Yeah. Oh man. I I joked with one of my friends. I was like, man, I would feel so shitty killing her off. Like if she wasn't so damn evil, I'd be like, why can't I just love her? You know, like she's so goddamn gorgeous. <laughs> So that's not fair to do to the gaming community. <laughs> that being said, the two main villains, I thought they were well I thought they were well voice acted. It was like all the main cast where it's like it feels like it was the most discount DBZ voice actor impersonators you could find. But no, I thought she, like I thought her voice actor was fine. The oh one thing I love though too, and again focusing on that like how they did movie villains over, they have turtles from Tree of Might, and I kept calling him Turtle in my head because I think it's funny. <laughs> fighting turtle on screen right now who's a swap of Goku, turtle. basically turtle uh, he was goku before goku black right so just going to like one story beat i did like for like i guess late story spoilers but well I, I did like that they eventually have like a point where trunks is going through time and he gets like conflicted because he feels like he has to save his old mentor mentor old go gohan who like kind of train them and shit like that so i thought that was a i i like that as a story beat yeah i thought that like i, I thought that i thought that was like an interesting thing well, yeah, it's like he's the one who more than anyone is like we can't mess with time we can't change anything and then it's like oh but you know you want to trunks you know you fucking want to <laughs> and that was kind of like a cool thing where you, know, you have to go back in time and your actual mission is to stop trunks this time and i that's kind of one of the things where like i would have liked to have seen more weird timey-wimey shit where it's like no for some reason in this fight like your hero the hero is supposed to lose and they're becoming overpowered so you have to actually have to like fight with a bad guy for whatever reason right like i kind of wish they'd done more weird yeah, like I said, if you're going to do like a multi-dimensional, multi-timeline Dragon Ball game, you should go fucking weird with it. And I just feel like it was kind of light on that. Like they didn't really do anything crazy yeah. interesting. It was just kind of like, oh, this person's more powerful. And that's why I about the original. Mm. Okay. Because like the the demon god Demigras, he ends up in the end of the game, he wins. And it's like Goku's there with you and everything, and like the the timeline is gonna end, and you end up like right before everything goes to hell, 
you teleport into his like i guess his dimension and you fight him there reversing everything he just did that's fucking cool and like they even give you an alternate ending in that one where if you if you do uh if you do it without losing a certain amount of damage and if you do it in a in a certain amount of time um then instead of like oh yeah here you are blasting a kamehameha adam yeah story's over like kamehameha saves the day you know like um instead of ending it like that it's like now you have like the spirit of goku teleport in behind you almost emulating the father-son Kamehameha from the TV show. (laughs) That's that's pretty awesome. And funny thing, actually, because like and if you want if we want to go all the way to the end of the story, because I had some like weird things about the boss. But actually, quick thing on just one last thing on the also with the Supreme Kai time, because halfway through the story, she gets interesting. Like they start giving making her like a character. And again, maybe she's more flushed out in the first game. But in like playing for the first half of the game, she's like she didn't do a whole lot, and then the, but then like there's a joke where like she gives Bezerus the God of Destruction the pudding, and she first she appeases him, but then it's fucking terrible. So then you have to calm him down, and like it was fucking funny, and that's when they start making her like do things like that. So I was like they just kind of took their time making her a character, but she was funny. Yeah, yeah, that's what I really liked about her in this was like. There was a joke made at the end of the original Xenoverse where uh, she makes food for everyone who helped save the day. And right away, Goku tries it. And it's like, it's so bad that Goku won't eat it. Holy shit. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my god. That's amazing. So, like, in the second game for her to, like, you know, I've already done this recently, going to this timeline and correcting this same issue. But I'm gonna, I'm gonna make the pudding that that we give Lord Beerus, and g- gives it to him, and it's like, yeah, I know that sets him off even more now because like her food is fucking gross. <laughs> it's it's a great. She's not allowed to interfere, interfere, intervene <laughs> with time, so it she has to give him the pudding, knowing full well what it's going to do, because she can't change her own timeline because we're all a slave to what we do in time. Whoa. Yeah. Destiny. My mind just got blown. And we know destiny exists because of Beyond. But don't. Sorry. Sorry, I said really sorry about that lame Destiny's <laughs> Child joke. I, it flew over my head, but I, now that I know that, I appreciate it more. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, I'm going to be listening for that. <laughs> I'm going to look into that shit now after the podcast. But sorry, that I was going to say, though, in the uh, so the final thing ends with uh, Toa fusing with uh, her male dude. That's the uh, crap against her. Mira. Mira. Yeah. And, yeah. Right. And I, I final boss. And like, I'm very picky about my final bosses because I, I love boss fights. Like, it's my favorite part about video games. But the 
like I thought it was kind of weird because I felt like the first stage was so fucking easy. I was basically beating him down for a minute while he exposited dialogue to me about how he's the most powerful thing now. While I was just <laughs> kicking his ass. And then there's a second phase, which is like still pretty easy. Third phase was well balanced. And this is when he force fused into Toa and then became a hermaphrodite named Toa. Wait, I made up a name here. Toa Agus. <laughs> so she, they become Toa Agus. Confusing. And then in the third round, it was like a reasonable boss fight that felt like a final boss fight. But I felt like it was just super unbalanced. Like, I'm curious how you, what, where were you at with the final boss fight in this game? I mean, I I was one of those people who, like, as soon as, thanks, dude. Thanks for driving by with your uh, motorcycle like that. We all know that you have a tiny penis now. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, but like uh i was one of those people who i did a lot of the grinding not because the game told me to but because i was like no no i want to i want to get all my supers unlocked i want to get all my ultimates unlocked and so i was doing all of that so when i got to the end boss i was already like level 83 or 84 something like that and uh it it was i think it's designed to be unbalanced at one point because even being such a high level once i got to that point where like you're fighting him and you're you're trying to do uh you're trying to do your best against him right uh you're doing all all your attacks and shit it's barely doing any damage and then he does a move that just like it, it's like me and my friends called it the razor blades because it was it would just encompass you and just like damage the fuck out of you and i was like even at that high of a level like i'm struggling with this as much as my friend who's doing this part at level 55 like this isn't right <laughs> so i think i think you hit a point in the story or in that battle where they're like no like we need to make you struggle a little bit we need to mm -hmm. make you work for this like that makes sense which i mean it it's it's okay to do it like that but at the same time, it's like, don't don't fuck me in a way where like I did all this prep, and now you're like, no, you're just as weak as anyone else. Ha 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 ha! Yeah. Oh, it's like, man, I've got all my training done. Like, I I had all the mentors and and every one of their missions done. I had all of that shit, and here's my buddy struggling with it because he doesn't even have a second ultimate attack. Like, like no, like I launch a fucking super spirit bomb at him, and he just basically laughs it off and beats the shit out of me. Yeah, and it's kind of a, I don't know, for me, it's always get really, I, I get very touchy about end bosses that aren't balanced properly, because, like, that's the, like, bosses are kind of the culmination, like, they're supposed to be the culmination of a thing, like, when you finish a level or whatever, it's, like, final test, 
And then, especially at the end of a game, with the exclusion of like hidden bosses, which are just the fun ones. Yeah. The it's like it's the final test, right? So it's kind of unfortunate that like this game's final boss isn't super well balanced. But I do love that the game ends with two things: everybody laughing in a circle, as a Japanese game does, and that they waste the Dragon Ball wish on a feast. <laughs> so I like the ending. Like I thought, I thought that was wrapped nicely. <laughs> hey, Goku, what do you want to wish for? Well, that's Goku's. That's Goku's character as identity is in Dragon Ball Z. Is that he's hungry and angry, but mostly hungry. Yeah. Well, like, not that he's angry, but like, yeah, he's he's pure of heart and he's he's innocent, right? And that's that's why when he turned into a Super Saiyan for the first time, it was because he let rage take him, and and he gave in to the anger, and that's what unleashed the transformation. But eventually, he masters the transformation, where like, hey. I'm going to stand here and crack wise with you while I'm in this Super Saiyan form that's supposed to have me just like, I'm a monster. Ah, you know, like, that. that's why I like Super Saiyan 4, because it's like, it reaches a point in the transformation where he's more beast than man, and he, and he portrays it that way. Like, he's not... Hey everyone, I'm Goku. It's like, hey, get out of here. You know, like he's he's darker and he's he's more, you know, uh, uh, what's the phrase I'm I'm looking for? Uh, he's he's more like he's more concerned with winning than protecting people. You know, and that was always Goku's biggest flaw was. A, he wanted to fight you when you were at your best, mm-hmm. and he didn't think it was a fair fight otherwise. And B, he would always get distracted by other people being hurt. Yeah, he's like noble to his fault. His fault is how noble or how much honor he has. And I, you're right. No, I did misspoke when I say he's angry because, like, uh, it's no, he only because he's only really angry when people he cares about are getting hurt, and that's literally it. Every other time, it's like just grit. Um, getting him recruited. Uh, Vegeta, like the the Vegeta is the one that frequently has sand in his vagina. That's (laughs) he's the personification of anger. Um, well, Team Four Star put it best when, uh, when they had Goku impersonate Vegeta as him and Gohan were coming out of the hyperbolic time chamber, and he's like. Hey, uh, don't tell Vegeta how strong you've gotten, because he'll be all blah blah blah, saying pride, blah blah blah, <laughs> strongest in the world. <laughs> Dude, Team Four Star did such a good job, and that's actually if there is a stronger argument for. I know we were talking about this when we weren't recording, but the public domain, oh, yeah. it's Team Four Star. Is that they should be able to make money off that because they. Like Kira Toriyama was a talented writer, yeah. but that was like that's they they improved on it and they did a good job. Well, like, as far as I know, it's not even a Kira Toriyama himself or his company that's going after them all the time. It's Funimation, so it's like Christopher Sabat and Sean Chemmel and and them, you know, like because they all basically run that mm-hmm. place, like. 
And if you ask any of them about it, like Sean Schemmel, there are videos on the internet where someone asks him, like, what do you think about Team Four Star? And he goes from being really nice guy to, like, he's pissed off about it. Wow. Like, which I don't understand, you know? Like, if if someone took one of my streams, you know, on, on Twitch, uh, if, if someone decided to take one of my streams and screen capture it and make a meme out of me or make some joke about me on the internet, fuck that, like... It's it's humor. Like I'm gonna laugh at it and brush it off. If it gets big, look at that. I'm viral. Like ooh. So like for them to in in you know I guess less colorful terms for them to be all butthurt and get their panties in a bunch and sand in their vagina. Fucking it makes no sense to me. Like, just appreciate that someone took the time to, like, take what you did, but, you know, make it make it a comedy. Like, yeah, okay, protect your art form, but it's not yours to speak for. Like, yeah. you lent a voice to it. If Akira Toriyama isn't yeah. going to send a cease and desist, maybe you should get off your fucking pedestal. Like, I... I respect them in the industry. I I respect Sean Schemmel and Christopher Sabat, and I love their voice acting. But, you know, especially in recent years with the whole Vic Magonia scandal and, and how outspoken they were about it, whereas Vic was, was very quiet about, you know, what was going on behind the scenes and all that. Like, he didn't want to make it a public show whereas everyone else was was right out there answering questions talking about it and uh you know like they kind of they kind of ruined his career like if i i don't know if there was an outcome in the case yet between him and monica riel but uh i i like if if he's innocent you know like it's not like anyone's going to hire him after the shit that's been said about him by people that he considered friends. Mm. Yeah, that's awful. Like, whether they be, whether it be true or not, you know? Well, we got to take a break here in a second here. Um, but it's just uh, something to end on is I'd say that uh, I'm just to build off what you're saying. I think it comes down to a thing like it's that kind of a bit of that age old debate over when something becomes popular enough with a fan base or just or more like wavy worldwide how how much does it belong to the fans as much like as it does the artist the creator right and that goes for like things other things too like peppy the frog right is like the creator of that uh guy uh, peppy the frog he was like he he he, he yeah, he has kind of weird feelings about how that's how that's devolved, but it's also just kind of like if a culture grabs into a thing, is it how much of it belongs to the artist? You know, especially nowadays with how like everything is, right? Uh, but then I don't know if I was going to make a betting guess about the, anything about it. it just it's money. It's yeah. it comes down to controlling properties, and it comes down to money. Right? Is we want to make money off that? We deserve that money off of that. We own it after all. It's on a piece of paper. 
I, I was going to say, which, like, I understand people wanting to make their bank on it. But, like, you know, to completely shut something down, like, see if there's, you know, if you think they're making so much money off of it, see if there's a way you can make a percentage. Like, instead of being like, hey, no, fuck you, Dragon Ball Abridged specifically yeah. needs to end because we don't want you yeah. making money off of our anime that we worked on. It's like, hey, you guys are going to conventions and, yeah. you know, like making ad revenue off of this. Let's see your let's see your records and see how much you're earning. And we'll discuss like what our portion is, you know, like give them like 15 percent, you know, like fucking that should be enough. Like give them enough money to shut them up and let this continue being made because it's it's not that hey we think we can make it better it's an appreciation of it in another light it's another point of view on what dragon ball is by fans you know like it's stupid how some of this copyright law has gotten and and it affects me a lot because i'm on twitch so even playing wwe 2k22 i have to put it on creator mode just to have it so that like any of the music that plays or any of the audio doesn't get me acclaim. Shit. Like I I go against it. I say all the time in my streams that the DMCA can go fuck themselves <laughs> because if a video game is going to license music, that means I can use that music. I'm playing that video game if that music happens to appear in it and I'm streaming this video game, I shouldn't get fucking canceled because of it. Yeah, that's really silly. Like, really fucked up. I mean, because you're playing the game, right? Like, yeah. you're showing the game footage. Why does the music... Like, Guardians of the Galaxy, I can't stream that because they have an entire set list. That's crazy. Jesus. Right. Sorry, that's kind of a. I know it's kind of a weird thing, weird place to end, but gummy uh, bear is super aching. I need to go get some water because my, my throat's hurts. burning. I need a minute. Yeah, sorry. We need to. This our our studio, our air quote studio, kind of sucks. Terrible. So we need we need to we need to get up and take a walk around for a second. All right, let's pause and we'll. Uh... Yeah, all good. I think I'm gonna take a stretch. Yeah, let's all go. Let's all take a quick short walk, go pee break, all that stuff, and then we'll be back in five to talk about the rest of uh, fighters. The rest of fighters. Hurrah! All right. So sit down, sit down, sit down. Is that nectarine? I don't know a lot about fruits. Welcome back to Late Train Game Reviews, part two. Dragon Ball Z. No, no, fucked up already. Dragon Ball Fighters. With a Z. 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 Sorry, Zed. With a Z. It's. Really? We gonna do that? No, I fucking hate that. I know it's a show to me. Dragon, Dragon Ball, <laughs> Dragon Ball Z. 
I, I remember that Canadian dubbing from oh my childhood. Oh my god! I've never seen that before. No, it's not real. He's fucking. He's making a joke. <laughs> I was. I was. Joking oh, okay. I thought that. it was like a joke that someone made. So funny. Probably. Maybe. That's it one. was him just now. I, I think I'm pretty sure Pestilence made that up. I've never heard that before on TV. It was just like <laughs> well that would be so fucking funny. Again, Canadian CPC make it CPC man. <laughs> that's how Dragon Ball Z became C became no. Cancon. Yeah, that's what it was. That's how Dragon Ball Z became Cancon. They just called Dragon Ball Z. It's in the name. <laughs> so Dragon Ball Fighter said, "Wow." Sorry, one second. I booted that up right now. <laughs> okay, yeah, so it is. I No, again, do you think it's Fighters or Fighter Z? I've heard it called both, so I'm I'm still unclear about it. I still have no fucking clue. <laughs> I just call it Dragon Fighter. Alright. Well Dragon Fighter Dragon Fighter Z was released 2018 by Arc System Works. They are the people that do Guilty Gear, which I don't know shit about fighting games, but apparently that's a big franchise too. That's really good. It's a just 2D fighter. Kind of Marvel versus Capcom style, though, before, as uh, Majin Pestilence has mentioned, where like you pick three people and they're kind of you swap them out. It's the first thing off the bat I want to say about this game in the design, too, is I love the graphics so much more. Because it looks really the like the cell, the cell shading is very dynamic. and It has a kind of weird thing where, like, you know, it's like a 3D model but it's, I don't know why, it's like textured or layered so well that it looks like basically the anime. Yeah. They try. <laughs> yeah. Again, not exactly like it, but it looks really, like, for a game, it looks very good like that. And again, again, just kind of touching back on the universe, though, like, I still, I stand by that. The, the character, like, characters all look like plastic, where this looks like, it. they look Again, like flatter, like, and I think it's because they didn't do any sheen on the uh, graphics, and just like again, it seems more like a cell shading, but very, I don't know, like I said, layered. Yeah. Anyway, though, goes back and forth fighter. Uh, funny thing about the super moves, because like you can do the obviously there's the more advanced super moves that, as you joke, where you press eighteen buttons and then to get your uh, <laughs> Kamehameha wave out. Yeah. But they do have they have a, a couple of the main ones. I think every character has like a couple of the main ones. Like they're basically hot mapped to the R one and R two button. And then there's like mega supers that take a little bit more like strategy and how you curve, how you quarter circle your movement, uh, movement stick things. Yeah. What am I thinking about your D pad? Yeah. But it's not. They're not insanely hard to pull off like and again i'm not particularly great at fighting games i just like certain ones like to be fair like okay i've played soul caliber before and i've never once done a special move but i can functionally do special moves in both of these games so that's an achievement yeah like i i just find it difficult in uh 
in the sense that like you're playing it and while you're trying to do that the enemy is launching you into like this massive combo that's just gonna beat you the fuck down (laughs) you are right about that is when you're playing through that uh when you're playing through the main story it's definitely a bit more like challenging and there's like there are a couple points where you might have to grind out some levels Although the levels aren't as dynamic in this game because your character and they're just like their general stats go up. It's not like you get to customize your stats like in Xenoverse. Yeah. Like if you're playing this game, you're playing as the characters in the show. You don't get to play as Mm -hmm. anything else, really. Yeah, and the story and how they do that is very, again, very Japanese, in my opinion, but we'll touch on that in a second here. I just want to finish on a couple more details, though. But, like, the... What do you think of the hub area as compared to Xenoverse? Which, Xenoverse is, like, a huge area where you can, like, fly around and explore. This one's just kind of like your hub for hub main menu. It's much smaller, much more compact. Everything is kind of easy to find. Yeah. And then there's, like, you customize your own little avatar which i really love in that like i thought i i know i really like that actually like i prefer this lobby over the xenoverse one yeah like i i like it but at the same time it takes a lot of getting used to because like it's it's one of those things where like you're almost expecting that like just to play arcade mode you'd have to go straight up but it's like yeah no it's off like diagonally to the right if you want to play arcade mode (laughs) Mm -hmm. i agree with you that the layout is weird in some of the placement of their things like in story mode it's kind of in a weird place and the same with the practice arena then compared to where versus matches are but it's very, I don't know, like I said, I, I, I'm a sucker for avatars, but I guess it's like a detail thing, because I know that we've talked about this in the past, but I like that to get the avatars, there's no in-game, there's no, like, pay or real transaction currencies. There's, like, an in-game currency, but you can only earn that by playing the game. There's no way, like, you can't spend money on it. So, like, you can get these, like, little addictive avatars, but there's no <laughs> real-world transaction for it, which I appreciate. There's still DLC characters. But there's none of that, yeah. like, oh, buy 50,000 silvers. So, because it's like it, they do have like the gotcha mechanic where, like, you get the you buy the capsules and you get random like costumes for your avatars and alternate colors for your fighters and shit. But I just really appreciate that as a detail because I know, we, like, we've both bitched about how like money grubbing games get nowadays, too. Yeah, it's it's pretty goddamn ridiculous. <laughs> Like, especially if you play Call of Duty, everything is geared towards Warzone, and if you want the good shit, you gotta buy the big bundles. Yeah, <laughs> uh, never been a, I've never been a cotter. I can't do. I'm. I also suck at online shooting games. I think the only thing I was oh, kind of okay at is like Halo, Halo and Destiny. Like I, I can do space shooters. Yeah, like I play a lot of Destiny too, but that's because like xenoverse 2 they're doing everything they can to keep the one game alive rather than dish out more and more sequels you know Mm -hmm. 
Which I appreciate. I think too. I think Destiny, like just diving off quickly for a second, I do think Destiny Two did a lot of things better than the first Destiny. Uh, like I, I definitely yeah. put way more time into that than I did the first one. Than I did the first one because they structured it way better. Um, and I got I was able to get a lot more raids done, which I fucking love too, because I actually had like a companion app for so you can like meet up with randos on the internet to do raids with. Yeah, which I actually liked. I made I made long lasting friends, and that's story for a different day. Oh, but I want to say a couple of things. More last things though, just about the general like fighting in Zekai is like little detail. Or goddamn it, not Zekai. Sorry, fucking uh, Fighter Z. Damn it, all these names are fucking ridiculous. <laughs> but I like that you can like I, I like how the and Xenoverse does this too, like where you slam into the ground and the ground will get kind of destroyed as shit flies around, which I like. But as, yeah. as a side detail on fighters, is if somebody shoots an energy beam at you and you deflect it, like you actually pull off like a counter. It actually goes into the background and destroys like the background of your fighting stage, which I just love as like a little detail. Because again, that like they they could have made the energy beam just go nowhere, but they made it go in the background and go like extra destroy, which I thought was like a nice touch if you're able to do that. Yeah. Yeah, like I I literally just did that as as we were talking about it. I was Broly beating the shit out of Vegeta and I smashed him through a meteor. <laughs> so like it, it's little things like that that I like uh how the Dragon Ball games incorporated it. Like obviously these things would wreck the fucking environment, you know, like <laughs> well and speaking of that the again the cool thing with because fighters has a smaller character roster and it's made by because they're focusing on the 2d fighting all the super moves look fucking cool and they'll handle differently too like even yamcha who is the magikarp of the dragon ball z team he is he's fun to play as in this game. Like he's a functionally good yeah. fighter in this game. And I think it's almost like they took it as a challenge to make him a player you'd want to uh, a character you'd want to play as. Yeah. And like there's even a kind of cool control in some of the super moves where like Frieza can transform into his god mode or Yamcha with his spirit ball, you can actually control it if you want to make it go up or down for a bit in that particular super move. So like all of those are really cool, which I like. Uh Yeah. Any more, anything else, or have you, anything else uh, you want to or mention about the general gameplay before we go into the story parts of this? Not that I can really think of. I mean, I think aside from it being complicated, like it has, it has potential to, to be like beginner friendly, but you've got to be at least familiar with other fighting games if this is the first one that you're jumping into, like that's where I think the gameplay really fails is you can't just jump into this game and be like, Oh, this is the first time I've, I've ever played a fucking fighting game. I'll try this one out. Like now you're going to have a bad time. <laughs> well, funny thing about that. Like, I agree with you that the, it is, um, the buttons are, it's weird. Cause like, so a couple as, as they have a couple of the super moves that are streamlined so that if you know the, like the quarter circle D pad and R1 or R2, you can pull off like an Epic super beam move. Right. Yeah. But as for the general tutorial, like, yeah, there's like the practice modes and all that, but the, 
So in the story, there are three campaigns, and the very first one is basically this is a joke in the thing where okay, so it's like a joke where almost every so the layout of uh, the story mode. Have you played any of the story mode in this game at all? No, not not yet. Uh, I literally just found the the pod that has story mode in it <laughs> yeah it's kind of, it's weirdly it's like right center left for some reason very weird place i know yeah it's yeah i agree with you where the, the locationing on the menu is kind of weird but i still prefer that because it's just more concise over xenoverse which is fucking huge and i got lost in when i was looking for shit yeah um but about the main thing though so if you play through the main story the first so they're like they're basically three story arcs so there's the heroes arc the villains arc and then the androids arc in this whole new and this is like a brand new story written for the dragon ball z universe and with even a new character and everything but there's the entire first part of the heroes is basically a giant tutorial so then basically the part of the plot is that there are clones of all the best fighters in the universe in the universe all over the world for some reason. All the heroes have lost their powers, and for some reason, only one of them can fight at a time. And it's so you're kind of you'll be in these like different locations where you're just like on a giant map, kind of like Budokai Two actually, and you're like these little you're represented by these little pins. But you just move around every turn to like find to grab an enemy, and like random shit will happen. Like well. You get more XP based on the you get XP or certain like unlocks or moves based on the uh, clones you beat. Sometimes a clone will be devoured by a random kid boo, which is like a much higher level character. So it's like harder to beat, but you get way more shit when you beat them. And while you're doing it, some of some of them we marked with like a thing for like a button tutorial It'll be like press these for your low combos or like do this to deflect an energy shot or how to block properly. So there is a there is a tutorial in the main story of it. It's just the uh, it's just through like the playing the story. But the funny thing about it, so in this game too, so there's no English voice acting where, so it's all Japanese voice acting with English subtitles, and it all sounds really good. Like, and again, I'm not like I just want to clarify. I actually, I actually just found, I actually just found the voice change on here where you can change it to the uh english voices and i was i was actually going to point that out and that's what made me go into uh the menus there to see if i could change it because i was like oh you know what like i don't i, I don't want to bring it up and find out that i was wrong so i was literally just looking at it and it was like you mentioned it it was like oh fuck oh i <laughs> i was gonna say something Dude, no, that I'm glad you said that because I didn't, I didn't even know that. So that's kind of that's kind of cool if that feature's in there. And I'm kind of curious about how the English voice acting is comparatively. But I thought the Japanese voice acting was really good. And I'm not like one of those people yeah. that's like ride or die. Oh, I need my Japanese voice actors. Like there's some English dub that I prefer. But in this game, I just thought it was. I just thought they didn't localize it. I was like, oh, whatever. They put subtitles in, and that's fine. And it's. Uh, but I thought it was. Uh, I thought it was all the voice acting was really good in it. I think was my point. But the. The main tutorial is always Goku, and he's always talking about. So you do your thing, and when you, whenever you successfully do like the tutorial thing, first off you get like extra XP or bonus for completing the tutorial, 
and in the thing but because the heroes campaign is so long there's a fuck ton of them and they repeat after a while so it's all just like reinforcing how to do certain button combos <laughs> so it's not just like a one and done tutorial it is like the entire first campaign um is like a training thing but what's funny is that he always says the same fucking thing after it which is wow you've taken it like this to a or no you've taken to this like a duck to water and the same thing. So now I just always have this thing of me like putting my two fingers on my temple and being like, wow, you've taken like this to a, like a duck to water. <laughs> yeah. That, that's like me with, uh, with Dragon Ball Kakarot. Cause a lot of the shit that gets said was so repetitive. It's like eventually it got to a point where he would start saying something and I'd be like, me, 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 me just mimicking him as he talks like there were some moments on stream where i was playing the story mode on that and like here he is like he's saying something in battle and i'm like oh my god shut the fuck up goku like <laughs> 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 just getting increasingly pissed off uh Sounds like Tippy. Oh, that's your cat. Holy shit. That's... Yeah, that's my cat. Yeah, Tippy's very vocal about her opinions on Dragon Ball Z. She actually takes she takes that universe very seriously. <laughs> I think she's a bigger fan than us. I I, per, I honestly, out of all the games they've done, my favorite so far is Kakarot. It's it's a really fun game, and I think more people need to need to give it a try. Because it's, holy mm. fuck, like, playing out the story in that game is so fun. <laughs> Getting all OP and then doing the resurrection. It's, def it's definitely one I'd want to try. Well, I was just saying, it's definitely it's definitely one I'd want to try. It's just something that, like, I'm very I'm very cheap with my games. That's why this whole thing is, like, late-turn game reviews, because I don't like paying more than 20 bucks for my games. So I wait for them to be very cheap and very, like, 70% off. And I'm like, yes, like, I'll play it late. Now it's been patched and fixed. And now it's a fine game because, like, again, yeah. everything, like, everything's released half baked nowadays, too. So it's like, fuck it. May as well wait for it to be patched and fixed. And, and again, like, Xenoverse, like, I think it was about half an hour of me clicking through shit that I wasn't going to use because they've, like, I'm sure they've expanded on it since release. Well, like, sorry, they have, like you said. But that was my mindset. Yeah. Like, I'm sure a lot of this was, like, post-release because there's a fuck ton of shit here. Yeah, like, I I only got Kakarot because my ex-fiance, her, her brother, would always give me, like, PlayStation gift cards for Christmas. And Boxing Day, they put on this huge, like, Discover Anime deal. And so Dragon Ball Z Kakarot Ultimate Edition was, like, 59 bucks. I was like, yeah, okay, I'll take it. <laughs> nice. It was like, wait, you mean I get all three DLC and the fucking base game for half the cost of the base game? Why not? Wow, that's awesome. That's fucking that's dope. That's a good deal. What happened with uh, us, well, even in this review, actually, so I ended up, I ended up getting Fighters because it was like 20 bucks on PlayStation. And then yeah. it started with that. But then we we're talking about it more like the very next week, Xenoverse 2 came on and we're like, and then because I, I like originally the game had been recommended to me to from a coworker on a previous pirate ship I worked on years ago. 
And so at least got me interested in it. So I was like, oh, hey, it's like fucking 15 bucks. And we're already talking about it with the Majin bro. So like, let's, um, so let's uh, like try to do that out. So it kind of all worked out. So yeah, I paid like 35 bucks for both these games. And they're both great. And they're good for playing for different reasons. If you want like a realistic Dragon Ball fighter experience, get Xenoverse. Uh, even though the story, I think, is a bit weaker than that. And like, cause it, or we'll about to get to the story in Fighters. But Fighters is like a good 2D combat game that's made by a team that's been doing fighting games for like a long time. Like that's their bread and butter. So it's not going to be a bad one. Uh, yeah. But I thought everything was like really good. And again, I can't get over how great all the characters feel to play and all that. Yeah. Once you transform Goku, it's a pretty good feeling. Hmm. <laughs> Or even like when eventually you get Frieza and you unlock his god mode. Because the other thing in this game too is that there's not a huge emphasis where in previous Dragon Ball games there's a lot of emphasis on like transforming into a Super Saiyan. But in this one it's like, no, you're just automatically Super Saiyan and there's like an alternate Super Saiyan god for Vegeta and uh, Goku to unlock. Spoiler, I guess. Sorry. But for the most part, it's like, no, they're just, they're already there. Like it's Frieza's, Frieza is like one of the only characters that can functionally transform and it's into his like golden god version. Yeah. Even that though kind of makes him like a bit of a glass cannon, which is kind of funny because like I've done it, I fuck myself so many times on that because I think I'll get the upper hand, but then you get like, you become super fragile after too. It could totally fuck you. Yeah. Well, yeah, like, I, I've i learned that playing as some of my favorite characters is out of the question in that game because their ultimate attacks are just big, gaping fucking defense holes. <laughs> like, Broly, You're not wrong. he grabs at you or he fucking goes up in the air and launches an attack that you can very easily step away from. Uh, one thing I well, the funny thing about that is I agree with you with the ultimate attacks but I like Frieza for all the main attacks because he has like a lot of good range attacks for shit like that so kind of like it's like just yeah. never end with that shit and people can't even get close to like Frieza I, I like that like I really like Frieza in this game I think he's actually I think he's very fun to play as or in previous yeah. games he's been like yeah it's cool because he's Frieza but it was like it was always felt like stiff yeah. <laughs> so going on the story though, so the main synopsis, and this is where it's interesting because it's like an originally written story, although it's also like a kind of a cliche Japanese game game story. Yeah. But Android sixteen and some mystery lady, who is of course like some hot anime lady, because they would never have an Uggo be the bad guy, obviously. Android 21. Unless it's a man. Men can be ugly anime bad guys, but not women. There's no ugly anime women bad guys. That's not allowed. I'm joking. I know I, I know it's it's Android 21. She's the hybrid of the androids and the Majins. Yes. And so she's kind of she's a weird android, but she also has this weird compulsion to eat as a whole character thing. And it's kind of Okay, now here's where the cliche, here's like the cliche game concept, I guess, is that so not that every, so all this, all the heroes lose their powers, which is like more of a plot device for why they're fucked now. 
But what I'm talking about is the cliche game plot thing is like you're a soul. So you, the player, inhabit their body and that's what allows them to unlock their power and fight. But they have to fight alongside you. So allow you, the player, to control it. And then it's like the whole thing about they're talking like, yeah, it feels weird having a soul inside of me, but we're going to be friends. And blah, blah, you know, it's very <laughs> like, I again, it's I like it, so Kingdom Hearts-ish. Yeah, kind of, you know. But it's it's fun. It's whimsical. And this is where it's like, again, it's cheesy with the hero side, but fucking when you play on the villain side, it's fucking hilarious because and sorry, I'll get to that in a second. But basically, uh, again, I like that the story explains why there's only one fighter on screen at a time. Like the story functionally yeah. explains all the heroes lost their powers and only one soul can inhabit people at a time. So that's why only one person can fight at the times in this fighting game where we have like a hundreds of fight crazy ass fighters all over the world. So I thought that was kind of funny. <laughs> and again, like the, uh, I, the whole three arcs thing, I'm kind of feel weird about that because it's like, it's a lot of playtime to get the whole story. And even that it's kind of in a weird way where it's like, I don't think the villains arc actually happened because things are like completely different in both the other stories. So it's kind of like, I don't know if it's like alternate timeline or whatever, or but whatever the true story ends up being. Like a what if. Yeah, but like whatever. It's just, it's Dragon Ball Z. It's fun. It's again, so I, I shouldn't say like the story, when I say the story writing is good, I mean like the characterizations, how they interact with each other and kind of the what's going on between them is good. And so like, cause in between when you're playing a story and you're going around on these islands and you swap out different characters within your potty, sorry, within your party, <laughs> you get these different banter moments of characters of just like ripping, of shooting the shit off each other. And these are like kind of the best story moments, even though it's not like a main plot cinematic. Because it just kind of contextualizes where they're at right now, too. And I, I want to list off a few of them here. And this is for, like, these, again, spoilers. But it's... This is where I'm saying the game has, like, good writing. But it's not in the actual main stories. And these little banter moments are fucking hilarious if you know the series. So there's, like, some banter between Piccolo and Piccolo and Yamcha. Where he's talking about how, how he babysits for Gohan and Gohan and Videl. So that they can go out on dates. And it's like, oh, yeah, and Piccolo changes her diapers and everything. And then there's kind of a joke where it's like, yeah. And then, like, Chi-Chi always says that Goku is, a, no, Piccolo is a better grandpa than Goku is. Mm -hmm. And this is true, because Goku's just, like, a dumb idiot who just likes to go off and fight. <laughs> so <laughs> he's, it's, it, um, so that's, like, one of them. Nappa comes back to, oh, shit. Sorry, everyone. Oh, yeah, everyone comes back to life from the Dragon Balls. So Nappa comes back to life, and this is in the uh, enemy's uh, arc. And he doesn't recognize Frieza in his transformed state because he's never seen him that way. So he first tries to attack him and argue with him. And then so it's that's just like nice little detail. Ginyu doesn't want to body swap with Cell because he hates his color palette. <laughs> uh, Cell mocks Nappa for not being able to become a Super Saiyan. Goku can't remember Nappa and calls him Nappy. <laughs> and then there's this little banter moment between between Ginyu and Goku where the Ginyu force is talking about their benefits for working with the Frieza army, which I've written down here are healthcare, the most the best medical equipment in the galaxy, battle, free battle suits, and the best warriors get rewarded with planets. 
And then Goku just says, oh yeah, it sounds like, uh, I think, or it sounds like kind of a less cool thing than what Vegeta does. Well, what does Vegeta do? He just trains all day and eats because he's just, he's Goku, or he's he's married to Bulma, who's a rich girl. So all he does is train and eat. And so objectively, he has a better thing than them because he doesn't have to work and they get, they get buttered by that. <laughs> and then, oh, that's part the entire thing, or two things actually. First off, 18 and Krillin have a very cute relationship. They have a lot of little, they have a couple banter moments in the main cinematics, but like they have a very cute relationship, and that's nice because they are kind of like they're the funnest relationship in the Dragon Ball Z universe, which I like because again, they're just kind of it's endearing. But the best part over all of it is that in the arc with the heroes and villains and everybody's in the special Bulma capsule ship together, everyone mocks Yamcha for being so weak. Being killed by a Cyberman. Yeah. So, like, the, I don't know, there's a lot of really smart writing in the, in it that really makes me, um, that I really like about the fighters playing through the whole story. But I'd say my biggest criticism is that when you finally get to the Android arc and you go through it, two things, is that I think there's, like, so it's kind of, like, a weird thing where you have to balance between going through these story missions and you only have so many heroes in your party, so you have to rotate them out so they can regain health. So the main story encourages you to kind of rotate out players, and you pick your favorites that you get to gain the most levels, but you do have to rotate out other characters so that they can gain their health back. Which is smart, because I like it when games force you to swap things up so you actually have to, like, you have to experience your other characters if you want to. If you it, like, and Because, again, they made their characters fun. It's not like any fighter in this game sucks to play as they're all fun for different reasons. Yeah. But when you, oh, sorry, but when you get to the Android arc and maybe it's cause it's like supposed to be the hardest one, but there's like a really long period of time where it's just 18 and 16 and that's it. And you're supposed to have a three person party. So you're fighting all these fucking battles with one less person and nobody wrote to rotate out. And that feels like that drags on for too long in the final arc, which is like supposed to be the arc where you get most of the story information. And then when you finally get through that, you get all your main, you get all your main hero characters and stuff like that. Then you can finally rotate things out. Then there's like a whole thing with again, late now, late game spoilers, Android 21, the new sexy lady Android that was like 16. She, I don't know. Again, it's kind of confusing as to why things launch. It's like her evil side did it and then they're trying to stop it. And it's like a weird convoluted thing. But basically, she splits where there's like now there's her, which is the good version of her, and then an evil version of her that absorbs Cell. So she has like dark splotches on her to show how evil she is. Oh, and like black eyes too. So you have to, you go through your last couple story missions, and then you eventually have to go fight her as a final boss. And this actually, this final boss pissed me off more than Xenoverse, where, like, I thought that the final boss in Xenoverse 2 was unbalanced. This one straight up pissed me off, because the final boss does two things. First off, the level spike in between the final levels that you're playing and the final boss is fucking massive. It's like, I think it's like 10 to 15 fucking levels of spike, which is fucking huge. So I got to grind a fuck ton just to beat the final boss of the game. And maybe if you want to argue that, like, oh, yeah, it's a final boss, which, again, I think is, like, yeah, maybe a little bit, but that was, like, it was pretty fucking extreme. But the worst thing is yeah. that it also marks it off so you have to beat the evil Android 21 as good Android 21. And you only get her, like, in the late game, in the late, you only get her, she only joins your party in the late stages of the story. 
So you have to grind this character that's under leveled that you haven't used a whole lot, a fuck ton for this final boss. You don't even get to like, maybe you want, maybe you just fucking love Krillin and you've been playing him the entire game and he's who you want to beat the final boss with and test your skills against this very hard fucking character. No, you have to play as Android 21, this brand new character we've just fucking given you that you can't even practice with in the multiplayer because you haven't beat the story yet. So it was very like, this is kind of fucking stupid. Like, this is just a terrible design choice. I have no idea what the fuck you were smoking when you decided this. Yeah. I'm sorry. That is like that fun. And again, I take my final bosses seriously, but that was like a thing where I was like, I almost questioned even beating the final story because this was so frustrating. And all you really unlock is a new, unlock is hard mode for all the previous story beats you've done again to level your characters up more. And that's it. Yeah. Like, it would have been great if we could have unlocked a, a few special characters or, you know, like, beat this one to unlock that one. Beat this one to unlock that one. Mm -hmm. But instead, it was done in a way where it was just really, really fucking poor. Like, it was laid out poorly, in my opinion. Mm -hmm. I agree with you. As far as unlockables go for final spoilers for this, too, because I, I didn't go, I didn't unlock everything in Xenoverse 2, because that would have taken me another month, probably. <laughs> and I, I have other I have other games I want to play. And I did, I did, no, it did take me, like, I did put me through, like, a month of playing to get through the whole story of Xenoverse 2, because I at least want to finish the end of the story. Uh, Fighters also took me about maybe three weeks to a month of just regular playtime and shit, but it's the, as far as unlocking characters, you arguably unlock a lot more characters playing through Xenoverse, where fighters, all there is to naturally unlock is Super Saiyan God, Goku and Vegeta, which you do by leveling them up to level 40 in the main story campaign, and then you'll never use them again. Even though there are like these kind of rewards where when you unlock the characters in the campaign, you get the you get these little banter moments between them talking to you, the disembodied soul that's controlling their body. <laughs> and maybe you could say those are like character development moments, and those are kind of funny little things of just again, they put a lot of they put a lot of character writing into the into the characters, which I really appreciate. I feel like there's a lot more character in the characters than in Xenoverse 2. So and I think so like I think a lot of the writing in fighters for the characters is, is a lot better. And then after being the main story, you unlock Android 21. And then as like a weird extra bonus, but this is more of like an in-game thing, through earning a literal metric fuck ton of in-game currency, you can buy an alternate costume for Android 21. <laughs> or no, it's not an alternate costume. It's like an alternate version of Android 21, the non-boo version. Because the, <laughs> the pink boo version is the main one that you unlock in the campaign. So it's her, just her hot, sexy Android version. That's the uh, version that you unlock. They're for like a fuck ton of in-game currency that takes ten years to acquire. Jesus. Yeah, no, doesn't sound like it's too worthwhile. Maybe not ten years, but I did feel like the price on it too was like mathing it out. It was like it was a, it's a fuck ton, man. Like it's like I think it's like a hundred million zen or something like that, and it's like. It was. It was really. I got. I'll, I'll maybe I'll pop. Maybe I'll. I'll check it in and I'll just like. I'll add in a correction right here for whatever I find it out. But again, it was just comparatively the currency because like when you're buying the cost little costume bundles and stuff. So it's like one capsule is a thousand dollars or a thousand zenny, and then ten capsules of ten thousand. You can buy them in bulks of ten. So like ten thousand for ten capsules to try to randomly unlock the 
little costumes for your in-game avatar, which again, I'm a sucker for because I like little cute avatars. But the, yeah, it was like a fuck ton of where I was kind of doing the math of it. And I was like, I'd have to not buy any or not try to gamble for any costumes for my character for like, like definitely at least another month. So it's just not worth it for this one single character to unlock. But again, credit, I don't think it's like one you can buy. I think it's one you have to do through in-game currency. It's just way too much, in my opinion. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's ridiculous. Like, don't don't make me farm a shit ton just for an alternate fighter. Like, mm-hmm. give me something real for farming that. Yeah, and as far as like DLC goes, they had again. I don't like they did the thing where they the roster kind of increased by. I don't want to say it doubled, but it went up to about like two thirds. Like, uh, there's definitely like a lot of post game fighters, and those are. But it's funny because like I think that none of the DLC fighters, or like only a couple of them, are really ever used regularly. Because when you play enough online matches, and I did do, a, I think I did more online for fighters than I did for than I did for Xenoverse because fighters they give you like daily missions to earn extra zenny so it's like just play an online match with somebody and use a super move so it's like oh it's easy enough they're easy enough and accessible for once you get the after you get the training wheels off the game you can like yeah i can get one kamehameha out and get like fifty thousand zenny or whatever the fuck it is yeah so i do that for a bit and you kind of see the characters that people main usually and the most common ones were god goku's and vegeta and and one of the variants of Broly, because there's like two Broly's, I think, in the game. I don't remember which one it was, though. Or maybe it was only the one, but it was those were the most common ones I saw. So it's kind of like, yeah, I think the DLC fighters are more for fun, not for any kind of competitive play. But I'm not a fighting game expert, so I'm just talking out of my ass. Yeah, I, I wouldn't really... Uh, I wouldn't really know. <laughs> like... I mean, the only fighting game that I'm really willing to say I'm an expert in is Mortal Kombat. <laughs> like, I grew up with that shit, and mm. I buy the new game usually as soon as it comes out. So, like, Fighter Z, I wasn't really too familiar with any sort of game like that. Like, in terms of uh in terms of its style of gameplay so i can't really compare it to anything else along those lines like i can say compared to mortal Kombat, it's it's a lot cheaper with currency to get shit but at least mortal Kombat also puts a way around having to unlock shit in the crypt like Oh, yeah, if you want to do your fucking ultimate, or if you want to unlock fucking uh, uh, a new fatality, you've got to, like, you know, roll of the dice in the crypt. But, like, at least, you know, like, if you go online and you look up that fatality combination, you put it in, boom, it unlocks. Like, oh, yeah, congrats, you actually did it. Like... (laughs) Hmm. Yeah, I've, I played the new Mortal Kombat games a bit. Oh, I was I was just gonna say it sounds like Fighter Z. They give you a ton of currency 
that you have to farm to unlock pointless shit like Mm -hmm. stuff that in the long run isn't going to improve gameplay that's a i think that's a fair point because and i like i've played a bit of the new mortal kombat games and you're right where there's more things getting unlocked with like new fatalities or new costumes concept concept art videos soundtracks like the Mortal Kombat games definitely do a really good job at rewarding you through playing and like shit you can unlock, and you get that little like like adrenaline rush or um, endorphin rush or whatever. Same you get from a loot box, which is good. And in fighters, it's like the only fun things are shit for the lobby, which is like dumb shit that I care about, but because I think it's cute. But it, you're right, it's nothing for like gameplay. It's not even like as interesting to look at as concept art. It's just like a little avatar to run around. And again, even crediting Xenoverse, where there's like arguably more unlockables that are incentivized in that game because like there are alternate costumes for the gear that you wear, super moves you can do, characters to unlock. So Fighter Z definitely is pretty weak on like the unlocks. But I still think like as a written like if you really love Dragon Ball, like the Dragon Ball Z characters, Fighter Z, the story mode is really great for going through that and the gameplay is really good too like the gameplay is just so fucking fun and actually this is sorry we gotta end here pretty quickly but i think one uh, point i had about so i made gummy bear play both games and when we're playing xenoverse when we're playing xenoverse she was kind of almost like very disinterested disengaged and kind of almost like falling asleep but then she got to try fighters while i was uh trying to help her with some fall guys challenges and she was actually like she actually played like a couple rounds without me saying anything. She was like a little bit engaged to in Fighter Z and just through button mashing. Yeah. And uh, I, I do think that like Fighter Z is a more engaging game too because again the characters are the 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 characters you play as are more dynamic as well. Yeah, like it's not just quick animation and blast. Like you get a lot of like the flashy cinematic moves you know mm-hmm. all right sorry we really got to close off here because gummy bear is like holding a knife to my throat so <laughs> quickly end off here though <laughs> i'm just melting actually. so would you so as a, as a quick like yes or no like would you recommend these games in general to uh, anyone's any specific audience or anything what's your thoughts on the specialists i mean i would i would highly recommend xenoverse to a fan of the anime more so than a fan of fighters whereas i would i would recommend uh dragon ball fighter z to someone who's a diehard fan of fighting games moreover than the anime because i don't see too much uh too much payoff in terms of like fan service which like we don't ask for too much, but like you know, give us some of those inside jokes from the show to kind of link it in. Mm-hmm. And I think the fighters does have that in the story, but again, one other kind of weakness of that with those little like vignettes of the characters interacting with each other based on who's who's on your team. You only get them if you have certain characters on your team, and when you're fighting certain things. Yeah. So they're kind of they're all they're also a bit locked behind that kind of thing too, right? So, and again, where Xenoverse kind of focuses more on the Supreme Kai of Time and Supreme and Elder Kai and those kind of characters and a couple other things, 
the yeah yeah i don't know and for me i don't know i think like i would kind of i'd recommend xenoverse for somebody that wants a new like wants to fight like know how a realistic fight would go in the dragon ball universe kind of with like again the area fighting and the hiding behind shit and like more general strategizing strategizing with how you mess up your, or sorry how you do up your stats and like fly around yeah. Then fighters for obviously somebody that's more into like a serious back and forth fighting game. But I think both kind of offer like kind of things for fans, right? Whether you're a fan of the anime or the manga. Uh, I think modern Dragon, I think modern Dragon Ball Z games are nailing it as far again. Maybe they're, and maybe these are just two really good ones of all of the fuck ton, the fuck ton that there are. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Out of, out of all of them, like, I don't think anything is ever going to top uh, the Budokai series, but, like, the modern games are definitely blowing it out of the fucking water. Like, if you compare them to other mm. anime games, like, they don't compare. I play the Naruto games, I play Jump Force. It's nothing in comparison to Xenoverse 2. Uh, in story f- form at least like i will i will always go back to xenoverse 2 i don't think there's ever been a point where i've deleted it off of my console other than when i deleted it to download it onto my external hard drive when i got that i gotcha no i, I definitely agree with that final point man is that it's definitely the dragon ball the Dragon Ball Z games definitely get more love and and like thought developed thought into their development than a, the majority of anime games. There's so much just crap anime games are all look, are all like kind of feel like the exact same. Yeah. So credit where credit's due is that all most Dragon Ball Z games are like more interesting because of that. Even though it's like one franchise that's being beaten milked more than superheroes in our fucking culture. Yeah. Uh, anyway, final thing to end on though, just so uh, so, what can um, anything to say though about like uh, sorry, how people can find your streams or what you stream on, full name, all that kind of stuff. Sorry, all those credentials yeah. to uh, validate you I... as a as an awesome guest for our show. Thank you for joining us. <laughs> thank you for yeah, thank you like thank you for joining us and playing these and like playing through these games again. Yeah, no problem. It was actually really fun uh, doing this doing this little appearance here. Um, but I can be found on TikTok at Majin Pestilence uh, TTV. Pestilence is P-E-S-T-E-L-E-N-S because I'm a loser. Uh, <laughs> no, it was, it was actually because uh, Majin Pestilence, like the English form of writing pestilence, was actually taken. So I was like all bummed out. I was like, "Oh fuck, that was my name. That was my name." And I ended up finding this writing online, and I was like, "Okay, this works." So, uh, but on Twitch, uh, they can find me at Twitch.tv/slash Modern Pestilence. All right, thanks, man. Yeah, we'll uh, link that too. We'll link it definitely. Yeah, thanks for having. Shit, man. Yeah, thank you so much for joining us. This is fucking great. Would love to have you again sometime. Yeah, I'm always down to come on and shoot the shit. <laughs> oh, yeah, man. All right. Okay. Well, thank you, everyone, for listening. And, uh, yeah, try these games. They're pretty cool. But don't pay full price. Never pay full price. <laughs>
Thanks for listening, everyone. So sit down, sit down, sit down. Adios. In a couple of fights, you were nearly blinded. Yelling out the way it won't do much good. Thanks again to anyone who listened to our podcast. We appreciate your attention. Please reach out to us on our Canadian PirateCast email, Facebook, and Instagram pages. Like, sub, share. You know the drill. We love when people reach out with comments or feedback. We also have personal social media accounts. If you want another meaningless Facebook friend or a silly Instagram account to follow. Be good to yourself. Take care of each other. Bye. Bye.